0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth episode of the world-renowned Arsenal Cannon Podcast Transensual Experience. It's me, your host, Daniel Fenton. Apologies for the hiatus as of recently, but that doesn't come down to me. I'm not going to play the blame game, but that was all the fault of Anchor, the app in which I record my podcast through. Let me give you a little background before we get into Arsenal as to what actually happened. So, I live with my family still, um, only 19. I'm going to college, I I have a part-time job, you know, typical 19-year-old guy going for journalism and, and stuff like that. So, to record this podcast, I really only have about one day a week that I can do it. Because I don't like to record myself talking in front of my family. I feel weird because I, you know, I live in a family full of Americans. They have no idea what I'm talking about. And to them, I'm just talking to my phone like a lunatic. So basically on Thursdays, nobody's home besides me um, in the morning. So I get to record myself doing a podcast and I try to do it every Thursday. So I tried to do one last Thursday and it was, it was a good podcast. It wasn't my best. But it was it was a nice one. It was a nice length. It was about half an hour long, and I have to put my phone onto airplane mode when I'm recording a podcast, which apparently was a rookie mistake. Or I don't I don't know if it was my fault or I don't know if it was the fault of Anchor itself. But basically, I record it while it's on airplane mode, and that's just so nobody calls me, nobody texts me. What so you know you're not listening to listening here or something like that. You know. And I only have it on airplane mode while I'm recording. And then while I'm when I'm done, I turn off airplane mode. And then after I turned off airplane mode, I put in the description and the title and all the stuff like that. I tried to upload it and it was just saying like, oh, sorry, you know, this isn't going to upload. And I tried it probably 10, no, I tried it over 10 times. I tried it probably 15 times. And then... I because I made it on a Thursday and it was it was before the um, the Burnmouth game on the Sunday and then I I, I emailed Anchor and I was like hey um, my podcast is not uploading this is really kind of annoying is there anything you can do to help me and then you know I got one of those typical robotic emails in reply that were like yeah yeah we can help you you know just just hold on we're gonna we're gonna send someone out to help you. And then it was like, they they got back to me on Monday. The Burnmouth game was already done, dude. My podcast was a pre-match analysis of the Burnmouth game. So at this point, the game's already done. We won, two, one. Very ugly performance, by the way. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But <laughs> it took like four days to get back to me. So I was just like, whatever, man. So now... My phone is not on airplane mode because I don't know if it was a user error or if it was down to anchor. I made a tweet even, and I said, Hey, I'm uploading a podcast, everyone, and then nothing came up, so now I look like a a basket case. Um, But now my phone's on do not disturb rather than airplane mode, so hopefully this goes to plan. If not, I am just sitting at my dining room table in my house alone once again talking to my cell phone. But anyway, you don't care about that. You're here to listen to Arsenal. To me talk about Arsenal, not listening to Arsenal directly. Um, A lot of you are probably here because of the tweet that I had go viral. Um, Very weird, very random tweet also. Um, You might have seen it if you're on Arsenal Twitter. It was one of, of, I'm not going to quote what it says because it it did have some, some foul language in it. And this podcast is made for all ages. So I'm not going to say what Mr. Gordon Ramsay was saying, but basically in the video he was being nice to kids and he was being mean to adults. So to the kids, like some of the kids, for example, were like um, Lacazette, Aubameyang, um, Ozo was one of them. That one divided opinion a little bit, but that was kind of just just my opinion, my, my preference on it, if I'm being honest with you. Um, Torreira is another player that most, most Arsenal fans like, Bern Leno. But then there were some that you know some that we all know get roasted on like a perpetual basis that he was you know cursing out and saying "F off, f off, all the stuff like that. And those are players like Bellarine, uh, Granite Jacca, you know and guys like that, you know pe- players that we all know divide opinion a lot. And yeah, it the first day it had like four retweets, and I'm not exactly a god of Twitter by any stretch of the imagination. So I was like, oh, snap, four retweets. Cool, man. And then I wake up. Or no, 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 no. That, no, this was even crazier. So then, oh, who retweeted it? One of the guys from AFTV retweeted. I'm not, I'm not even sure. I don't remember who. But uh, the first person to comment on it was Sonny. Shout out to Sonny, uh, regular on AFTV. And he commented on it. And he said, this is brilliant. And I said, thank you. I appreciate that. And then he must have shown someone or something like that and some big people on AFTV and big people in the Arsenal Twitter sphere essentially started retweeting it. And it's up to almost like a million views now. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, it's bothering my OCD that it's not at a million views. It's at 988,000. It was last time I looked. So go and watch that. Keep watching it get it up to a million. <laughs> no, but that's probably why a lot of you are here. Um, you're probably wondering about my YouTube channel if you are here as well. I'm going to be uploading to YouTube. That I already recorded the video. I'm probably not going to post it till tomorrow, though. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, so anyway, that was a, the longest intro I've ever done in my life. And I apologize that you had to go through that. You had to listen to me rant about Anchor and talk about my viral tweet. But enough about me. Enough about me. Nobody cares, Daniel. Shut your mouth. Get into Arsenal, man. North London Derby's coming up this Sunday. All right, all right, all right. Calm down. I'm going. So, today, on this beautiful Thursday, Arsenal have an irrelevant game against Votskla in um, the Europa League. It is really pointless, this game. It, it doesn't mean anything. Um, we're already we're already through the Europa League. That's really all that matters, to be honest with you. I don't even care if we... We're, we're going to finish top of our table. Would, I, I don't doubt that at all. I don't really even care if we finish top of our table, though, if I'm being honest with you. The first few stages of the Europa League are pretty useless, so I'm not really that worried if I'm being honest. But it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a fun one today, I think. You we've all probably seen the pictures on social media. It's all a bunch of youngsters going, going. You know, Emil Smith Rose there, uh, Joe Willock, a bunch of guys like that. You know, it does not look like a lot of the first teamers are going. I think I saw Henrik Mkhitaryan was one of them that's going. But other than that, it's really just. Really just a bunch of young players. So, I'm not even going to analyze that game. Um, I think we'll probably win it. It'll probably be a scrappy, ugly 1-0 win. I'm hearing Nketiah is going to probably play. So, I'm going to say we'll win 1-0 and it'll be from an Eddie Nketiah goal. Um, Nobody, Frankly, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. Just like nobody really cares about my problems with anchor and stuff like that. What we are all looking forward to as Arsenal fans is the North London Derby coming up this Sunday. Woo! We all look forward to that. Every single Arsenal fan. That is the biggest game of our season. It doesn't matter what cup finals and things like that we're in. This game is a lot. This game is huge. It's a cup final in itself. It gives bragging rights. I'll be honest, here's stateside. Since Tottenham is not a very big club, um, we don't have that many Tottenham fans over here. So I don't really have to deal with the, um, oh, what's a good word I could say that's not over-the-top mean? Oh, they're dumb. All right, how about that? That They're dumb. And I don't, I, you see them on Twitter. They. I swear to God, there are certain teams that have fans that talk the most garbage out of any other team, and it's Tottenham are probably number one. They just think they are the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, Chelsea fans. Oh my gosh! Say, dude, say one negative thing about Eden Hazard. Hazard. Why do you say it like that? Say one. Say one thing negative about Eden Hazard, and they will just throw a tantrum. And then Liverpool, same wave with Mo Salah. And then United fans are the same way. It's just like, so well, actually, probably to other people, Arsenal fans are probably annoying as well. But. I don't know, we seem a little bit classier, we seem like we're better at winning, you know, we like, like if we beat the crap out of some team, like say, say we were playing against Burnmouth and we beat them 4-0, a Chelsea fan would go on Twitter and be like, absolute ponies, they should be relegated, a disgrace to the Premier League. An Arsenal fan would be like, really good result for Arsenal, good luck for the rest of the season, Burnmouth." you know, stuff like that, and, and I think that's why I like Arsenal so much. But Tottenham fans, I don't have to deal with them. But nonetheless, I love to see them crying all over Twitter. So I really hope that we just beat the snot out of them this Sunday. So I'm going to do a little bit of an in-depth analysis of the upcoming game. Um, Tottenham's last two games, got to be honest, man. They had, the, uh, they had the game against Inter yesterday. That's, that's the one that they had to win or they were out of the Champions League. And they won. All credit to them. You know, they won 1-0. I didn't watch the game. I couldn't even tell you who scored because I don't watch Tottenham because I have this little thing. We have this thing in the United States where they'll only play games where they know that people are going to watch. So whenever Tottenham comes on, I don't give them a viewer because I don't want them to be televised in the United States. It's this weird thing. But they've won 3-1 against Chelsea in the league in their last, um, in their last Premier League fixture. And then they just beat Inter Milan 1-0. So those are two pretty big teams that they went up against and they beat both of them. Whereas, you know, we, we beat Bournemouth, but we did struggle with them. But with that being said, you know, Bournemouth are in 8th place, you know. They are where they are for a reason. Um, we struggled with them, but we did beat them at the end of the day. And we got the three points, and that is what matters. And we have that Europa League fixture today. but But it's got to be said, Tottenham's last two fixtures were significantly more difficult than ours. And I'll be honest with you, I think that could play into our hands. I really do. I think that the fact that Tottenham has played two really like gigantic teams, um, that's going to help us because they had to put their all into that. I, I didn't even watch the Inter game, but I know how Inter Milan is. You know, Barcelona has a hard time playing against Inter, you know, and and, and, and Inter is just such a difficult team to break down, so you know Tottenham had to put everything out there to, to win the game. And the same thing with Chelsea, you know, they beat them 3-1, Chelsea were disgraceful in the game, I'll be honest. I actually did watch that one, and Chelsea were just appalling. Shout out to Alvaro Morata, who is... He <laughs> was 70 million pounds, and they got this... They got Olivier Giroud, a 33-year-old striker, who was ridiculed at Arsenal for being one of our most inconsistent players, and he is 10 times the player that Alvaro Morata is. So, That's hilarious. But anyway, um, so uh, I'm, 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 I'm nervous, but I'm not, you know, like you, we have to remember when Tottenham get into good form, how bad of bottle jobs they are, you know, they ruin, they ruin everything that they're part of. So I'm not, I'm not that worried. The only thing that is worrying is that they're in decent form. But I, th- I, think we, I think we have a really good chance going into this game. I know a lot of the pundits and a lot of uh, public figures in general are saying that, we, you know, they're, they're all saying, oh, you know, we think it's going to be a draw. I, I'll be honest with you. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. You know, I, you look at how we played against Liverpool. We are I, I think a draw at the end of the day was a fair result, but we arguably could have won that game. We arguably could have won that game. And the only reason... We didn't was because, let's have it right, Liverpool are the second best team in England. That's it. At, at this moment in time, they're the second best team in England, and that's just how it is, man. So we got a draw out of them, but I, I, think, I, think they're better than, I think they're better than Tottenham, personally. I think Tottenham's a really well-balanced team at the moment. They have really good attack and really good defense, but Liverpool is a whole other animal, and I know they've been playing really poorly in the Champions League, but I'll be honest with you, I think that's because they're putting all of their eggs into the Premier League basket, and they really think that they might have some sort of chance uh, at winning this game, and you know, going into that, I actually have the Premier League table right here, and it's, you know, it's the two, (coughs) excuse me, it's the two two you'd predict at the top of the table, the two everyone predicted from the get-go, Man City up top with 35 points, that's a Damn decent record, you know. I mean, they've got 11 wins and two draws now. Um, Tottenham, or excuse me, Liverpool is just right behind them. They have 33, only two points behind them, so anything can happen with that. There's still a long way to go in the season. Tottenham is in third place, three points behind Liverpool. Chelsea is in fourth, two points behind Tottenham. Arsenal, we are one point behind uh, Chelsea and three points behind Tottenham in fifth. Everton, listen to this gap though. The, the gap between 5th and 6th is pretty pretty large, honestly. The um, Arsenal we have 27 points, Everton and 6 have 22. We're 5 points clear of 6th place. So it, it kind of looks like honestly in that in that pack um, the Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, it's going to be those five battling it out for a top 4 and and let me rephrase that actually because Man City and Liverpool are inevitably going to get the top Two spots, so it's gonna be it's gonna really be Tottenham versus Chelsea versus Arsenal for those uh, for those last two top four spots, and and we'll see how it goes. You know, and this game is critical against Tottenham. This game is absolutely critical if we want to you know keep up the good form that we're in. We're on a 17 game unbeaten run that could be extended to 18 today in the game versus Vorskla in the Europa League you know Tottenham are 3 points ahead of us if we beat Tottenham we're we're level with them simple you know if we beat Tottenham we're level with them but then Chelsea i i'm not i'm not even sure who they're playing i didn't even look but if let's say they won they would jump up to 31 and it would just be a lot of movement but we we got to beat Tottenham you know that's that's the biggest thing and it it's not even just a huge game because it's a north london derby it's a huge game because of what the table looks like you know over the past few seasons, it has really not been very tight. Especially last season, Man City just completely blew everyone out of the water. You know, won the league by 19 points. And you know what? Hold on. Hold on one second, actually, before I get into what I'm going to say. Hold on. I had somebody comment on my tweet. Because I, I retweeted this dumb Manchester United tweet that I saw saying that Mourinho is not nearly as bad of a coach as people think, and he's done arguably just as much at United as Pep has. Oh, my God. Really? How? How? What, because he's won the Europa League? Oh, my God. He's won the Europa League, the FA Cup. Dude, Pep won the Premier League with 100 points. That's never been done. He made our league look like the French League. He made every other team in the Premier League that spent hundreds of millions of pounds. Granted, City spent the most, but nonetheless, United spent ridiculous amounts of money. They made Manchester United look like MK Dons. Yeah. So, and, and someone commented, someone commented on my tweet where I was mocking that tweet. They said, I mean, uh, there are some good points and uh, 19 points really isn't that much. And it's like 19 points isn't that much? That's six games... That that Man City won that United because United came in second, that's six games that Man City won that United didn't, plus another point. So give me a break. City destroyed everyone in the Premier League last season. But anyway, um the, the league this season is significantly more tight than that. You know, it's City thirty-five, Liverpool thirty-three, Tottenham thirty, Chelsea twenty-eight, Arsenal twenty-seven, but then there's the big gap. Uh, Everton, 22. Man United just behind them with 21. So, it's a lot tighter this season, the top four race, and it's, it should it should be a good one, you know, because remember last season, it was like towards the end of the year, the top four race was dead. And the, the only reason to even watch the Premier League was just for like the relegation battle because that like went right till the very end. But yeah, the top four was decided when there was probably for like five or six games left. So, Really tight, uh, the top of the table, and also it's a huge game just because it's a North London derby. So we we got to try our best to win this, and I I hope that we come out we come out of the uh, the dressing room in the first half the same way that we came out against Liverpool because I think if we come out in that same way we have a really good chance of beating Tottenham. We really do. Um, so uh, get, yeah, that's. It's gonna be at 9 a.m. here in America. I don't know what that translates to in the UK. I think I think it's like five hours ahead of time. So well, it's like two, two there or something like that. Well, it's gonna be an awesome game. Every Arsenal fan's gonna be watching it. Um, I have work that day, but not till the afternoon, so I should be all set. Um, so let's get right into the predicted lineup. I think it is gonna be a little bit of a different formation than Unai Emery usually uses and I think he's actually going to stick to the uh, formation that he used against Bournemouth which with just a well that with actually just one adjustment Um, I actually completely agree with this lineup I'm about to say too so let's get right into it Um, it's going to be a 3-4-3 I think we're going to see a three in the back I think the reason that we're seeing this 3 in the back so much is because of Seo Kalashinak, to be honest with you. I'll get into that a little bit later as I go through the lineup and the players individually, but um with Nacho Monreal not fit, I think I think this is probably the best system we can use at the moment. So starting in goal for me is going to be Bern Leno. Um I'm not sure who's starting in the Europa League fixture today against Vorskla. I'm hearing it might be Emiliano Martinez. So that will be good for him, you know, good uh, outing for the Argentine international. But I think in this Tottenham game coming up this Sunday, Bern Leno will definitely be playing. Arguably been one of our best players this season. and the past few games especially, he's been utterly fantastic and has bailed us out of jail on numerous occasions. So Bern Leno, the German international, definitely has to start for me. Um, back three that I'm going to go with is going to be Skadron Mustafi, Rob Holding, and Socrates Papapavopoulos. Um, Holding was a bit sloppy at times against Burnmouth, but wasn't terrible. I thought Socrates was fantastic, arguably the best, one of the best players on the pitch, maybe even the best player on the pitch, to be honest with you. I, I would actually probably, next to Kalashinak, I would probably give him man of the match, to be honest with you. I thought, he, I thought he played really well. Holding was getting up really far that game. I think that was an experiment that Unai Emery wanted to test out defensively he's got some deficiencies let's be honest I love Rob Holding I really do but you know I, I was a defender when I played then I got this uh this nice big gut on me that that slowed me down but um the first thing you're taught as a defender is don't let the attacker get in behind you you have to keep him in front of you and a lot of times he just he loses concentration he you know and he lets people get in behind him and speaking of losing concentration Mr. Skodron Mustafi Mr. Inconsistent, um, that tackled, you know, I'll be honest with you, Mustafi for most of the game was not even that bad, but that's what Mustafi does. Things like that. And that completely tarnished his performance. I don't know what on earth he was thinking. I almost pooped my pants when I saw him do that because I thought he did it in the box and gave them a penalty, but it was just outside the box. And thankfully the guy skied the free kick but just things like that. I don't know why Mustafi has that in his game. I don't know why he does that. But anyway, uh, that, that's, for, that's for another discussion. But back three is going to be Socrates, Rob Holding, and Skadron Mustafi. Um, on the wingbacks, I don't think there's any doubt it's going to be Hector Bellerin playing on the right-hand side. Not sure who's going to play right back today in the, um, in the Europa League game. I, think, uh, I wonder if they're going to go... It's either going to be Jenkinson, uh, Lichsteiner or they're going to go with some with, with a youth person. Uh, I, I forgot what his name is. Oswe. I don't know how to say this, so I'm butchering it. But Oswe Tutu, I think, is his name or something like that. He might be playing right back today, but we'll see. But in this game against Tottenham, it's inevitably going to be Bellarine. I'm not worried about that position at all. I think Bellarine is way better going forward than he is defending. But I also do think he is capable of playing full back, unlike his counterpart, Mr. Seo Kalashnik. Now, as we all know, Nacho Monreal is out injured. Um, he really is the only natural left back at the club, and that is a bit of a problem. We're in a bit of a predicament with that position right now, and I think that in the January transfer window, and if not the January transfer window, the summer one, we should look into acquiring a left back, because let's have it right, Sayo Kalashnik is a left wing back. There is a difference. Um, Kalashnik, I, I don't think he's capable of playing in a back four. He needs more support behind him, and I think that Unai Emery has realized that. So we're probably going to play with a three in the back and then Kalashinac playing on that left wing back side. Because you look at Kalashinac, he was given, he was given um, essentially freedom to run forward and to attack. And there's no coincidence that he got two assists in the game. And he was man of the match. They gave gave man of the match to Lucas Torreira, but I'll be honest with you, I don't agree with that. I think they should have given it to Seo Kalashnik. I thought he was utterly fantastic in the game. And he's so much better going forward than he is defending. So uh, setting up with the three in the back and then the two wingbacks being Bellerin and Kalashnik, I think that's a pretty damn good back line and probably the best that we have at the moment. So that's what I'm going to be going with, and I think that's what Unai Emery will be going with as well. Now, um, the two in the midfield, the two... Uh, other midfielders because Kalashinak and Bellerin are technically classified as midfielders in this formation are Lucas Torreira and Granit Xhaka. Um, I don't think there's really any doubt about that. I do have some doubts about Granit Xhaka going into the future. And I think that the way Unai Emery wants to play, playing it out from the back, he needs players that are extremely concentrated and, and always, always have their head in the game. And I think that Granit Xhaka, despite the fact that he is a really good player there's sometimes that he just loses focus and he's just he's just not there, you know. I mean, I the thing he's been doing this season that just bothers me so much. He'll let the ball roll past him because he thinks someone else is next to him. Granted, nobody else is next to you. You're gonna have to you have to take initiative and take the ball into your own stride and make something out of it. So. I think that's something we'll have to address in the future, but at the moment that is our best midfield pivot is Granite Jock and Lucas Torreira. As for Lucas Torreira, best player of the season so far. And if he continues the good work and and he continues to play the way he's playing, I think he'll probably get Arsenal player of the season and he'll probably be classified as the signing of the season because of how good of a deal we did actually get him for 25 million pounds for a player like Lucas Torreira is an absolutely brilliant deal. So moving up to the front three, this is where there is going to be that one adjustment. Um, I think on the left, we're going to see Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, Obviously, he played against uh, Burnmouth in the striker role due to the fact that Lacazette was out injured with a slight groin injury. Emery, you know, he knew what he was doing. If Lacazette even had the smallest bit of injury with Tottenham just over the horizon, he wasn't going to risk Lacazette. And he did the right thing, just not playing him altogether, not even having him on the bench. So yang's going to be on the left. Lacazette I think is going to come right back into the starting lineup and play in the striker position. And then instead of Alex Iwobi playing on the right, I think Unai Emery is going to go with Mesut Ozil because I think this game is one that needs his creative abilities. Um maybe there's a shout for Henrik Mkhitaryan, but I think Mikketarian's actually going to the game in Vorskla. And to be honest with you, I think Mkhitaryan's in really poor form as of recently. And Unai Emery, you know, credit to his man management skills. He has been giving the Armenian a lot of chances. Really. He's kind of been saying, you know, step your game up, keep it up or, you know, bring up your form and I'll keep you in the lineup. But unfortunately, Mkhitaryan just not doing that. So I don't think Mkhitaryan will play in this game. And it will be that one, That's the one that I'm kind of confused about. I'm not sure that one, that one could go one of two ways. So, My prediction is going to be Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette as a striker, Ozil on the right, but it could be something like this. It could be Lacazette not put into the starting lineup at all because Unai Emery doesn't want to just force him right back into anything, Aubameyang playing as a striker, and Alex Iwobi on the left with Ozil on the right. I do think Ozil's going to play in this game, um, especially with the, the, the thing Unai Emery said about Ozil in the press conference. I'm sure you've all heard of it saying that he doesn't think Ozil is physically strong enough for the game against Burnmouth. Very strong statement from Mr. Espline. But, I mean, hell, is he wrong? No, he's not. I love Mesut Ozil, but he's not a physical guy. And going up against a team like Burnmouth, you need a more physical kind of person. Granted, Mkhitaryan I thought was horrendous in the game. But, I mean, I, I, get, I get where Unai Emery is coming from. So, uh, to put a cap on it today... Players to watch in the game. Lucas Torreira is the big one to watch for Arsenal. And I'll give you a little insight as to why. Um, Jorginho for Chelsea has really been the guy who's making everything tick. Um, He's really kind of the, the backbone of every single one of their attacks. And he also contributes defensively as well. Now, what Tottenham did against Chelsea and why they just completely destroyed them was because they targeted Jorginho. Jorginho is a very good player. He has a really good passing range, and he has a good football brain in him as well. But the issue with Jorginho is he's very slow, and he's not that physical. So if you get quick physical guys around him, and you start just kind of abusing him around the field and just shut out the supply line coming through Jorginho, they're dead. They're dead. Now... Lucas Torreira, the reason he's the key player going into this game is because he's not going to be the one being shut down. They know that Lucas Torreira is difficult to shut down because he's so small, he's good at getting out of tight spaces, he's very aggressive, he's very strong. The person they're going to target is Granite Xhaka right next to him. So what Lucas Torreira has to do in this game is he has to have a lot of discipline because Granite Xhaka is going to be being peppered, essentially. He's going to be getting the crap knocked out of him at the midfield. So Torreira has to be disciplined enough to protect that back three of Socrates, Holding, and Mustafi because Kalashinak and Bellerin are going to essentially be flying up the wings because they provide our width. Especially if we go with the formation that I said, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil, none of those guys are natural wingers. So they're all going to be more narrow. Kalashinak and Bellerin are going to provide the width. is going to be shut down. Without a shadow of a doubt, Granit is going to be shut down. We all know it. So Lucas Torreira is critical in this game to protect that back line. Um, player to watch for for Tottenham, <laughs> Kane. Uh, player to watch for Kane FC is Harry Kane. Um, uh, as much as I hate to say it, he's a world-class striker. And you give him one chance and he scores. So with our shaky defense, we're going to have to keep that in check. We're going to have to do our best to mitigate the threat of the you know fantastic English goal scorer, Harry Kane. So... That is all in terms of the eighth episode of the Arsenal Cannon podcast experience. Thank you all for coming along. Uh, Just before I go away today, I'm going to give you a little bit of a prediction as to what I think the game is going to end with. I'm going to go with Arsenal winning. Yes, North London is red. Never forget. Um, I think Arsenal are going to win this game two goals to one. I think um, goals are going to come from Alexandre Lacazette. Whether it be off the bench or if he's starting, I think he'll score. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as well. Because you know what I've been seeing all over Twitter? And I bet Aubameyang's been seeing it too because he's pretty active on social media. A bunch of people are saying that Aubameyang doesn't show up in big games. So the Gabon International is just going to want to be saying, all right, you want to see me in a big game? And he's going to whip out that Spider-Man mask. Um, And then the the goal from Tottenham, I think, is going to be from Harry Kane. Um, I think it's going to be a wrongfully given penalty from none other than the, let me not say that, none other than the controversial referee, Mike Dean, who somehow always managed to slither his snake-like ways into these big games. Thank you, Mike Dean. I can't wait to see you. Um, So yeah, I think it's going to be a wrongfully given penalty from Mike Dean. Harry Kane will score. Mike Dean will do a little, you know, fist a little fist bump and celebrate that his boys scored, you know, and I'll be like, yeah, North London's white. And, you know, and yeah. But thank you all for coming along. Um, as always, be sure to uh, leave a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to this with, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're on Spotify, give give me a follow. Um, if you're listening through Anchor, be sure to give me a little applause, you know. Um Find me on, find my YouTube channel. It's called Denizel. Uh, Be sure to like, watch some of the, uh, be sure to subscribe rather, watch some of the videos, like them, dislike them, whatever. I just care about the views, honestly, on YouTube. Um, and also check me out on Twitter, at Daniel underscore if you want to see my overly active Twitter account. But that is all, ladies and gentlemen. Um, North London Derby is coming up on Sunday. I'm nervous, but I'm also a bit confident going into the game. And I will see you all after the confirmation. That, after After something that we already knew is confirmed, that North London is red. So I'll see you guys next time. Come on, Arsenal.